Hi, I'm the Reverend Dr. Death. And I'm La Yarena. And this is Death Holler News. Welcome back, everyone, to Death Holler News. I'm your news anchor, the Reverend Dr. Death, and joining me via Spirit Box is my co-anchor, La Urena. How are you today, Urena? I'm doing wonderful. So good to be here today. <laughs> We've got a lot of news to get to, but first up, local news. Morris Cemetery, believed to be one of the oldest in the region, has recently had a string of vandalism. It is being reported that several of the former inhabitants have disappeared without a trace. Open graves bereft of either coffin or corpse dot the cemetery. Theories abound as to the cause, but the more sensational stories involve the restless undead, ghouls, and even necromancy. All this reporter knows for sure is, It wasn't me, Barbara. Stop calling and blaming me. And stop posting those flyers <laughs> at the dollar stores. There's like 17 of the damn things, and it takes forever to take them down. <sighs> oh, that Barbara. She just likes to start trouble. <laughs> she does. Uh, but moving on, speaking of zombies, let's on, go on to our main news. Uh, first from IGN, WB has released a trailer for its animated version of Night of the Living Dead, aptly named Night of the Animated Undead, or Animated Dead. Uh, set to release September 21st, the film seems to follow the exact plot of the original George Romero classic. Now, did you get a chance to watch this? I actually did, yes. I'm pretty... I'm a little excited for this one. I was upset that the zombie at the very beginning of the trailer had pants on, though. What, what the hell? <laughs> the thing I'm more His most, clothes stayed on. That's true. Uh, the thing that... I'm kind of torn on this one because the animation looks a little stiff. It's kind of got that uh, WB... Like some of the animation that WB does for like uh, their DC comic movies. It's got, yes, it's, exactly. It's, it's got that going on, but, but it's a little bit stiff looking in places. And But I'm also interested in it because it does look like there's a chance they can kind of mix the zombies up, kind of make them you know, uh, more gruesome like they were eventually later in the series. So uh, that's kind of an interesting you know, way to go with it. Um, I mean, if anybody doesn't know, the reason that all these companies are able to make all these, like, you know, uh, offshoots of Night of the Living Dead is the fact that Romero, unfortunately, never had the rights to this movie. When he made it, at the end of the film, he forgot to put the copyright symbol next to the name. Oh, shit. And he is, and it's been in public domain since he made it. I mean, anybody can take Night of the Living Dead and make anything out of it. That's kind of dirty, actually. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty shitty. Um, and, of course, he was bitter about that for years because it is his biggest classic, you know. So he gets nothing from this is what you're saying. Right. He got absolutely shit from that, that movie. Like, And uh, it, it went, I mean, and there's been several sequels to it, uh, you know, unofficial. Uh, they even went so far as to, br to brand uh, Return of the Living Dead. One of his producers on Night of the Living Dead went on to make Return of the Living Dead and was able to claim that it was a sequel to Night of the Living Dead because there's no copyright. So he, he was able to do that. Did you notice in the trailer 
physically watching the trailer. The, what is with the zombie with the fucking bricks? <laughs> um, is it like, my, I can't remember, is it my bashing in a window or something that affects? There's a, well, okay, and to be fair, it's, you're not sure every time that it is a zombie, but you see a lot of brick smashing. Yes, a zombie using a brick to smash a window. You see a headlight get smashed with the brick, which appears to be zombies because it looked like it was the gas station scene. And I'm like, what the fuck? Did you, when did you guys learn how to use bricks? Look at that movie by far to me is one of the scariest. Look at there are other scary, scary zombie films when they're running and everything. I know that shit's scary, but for some reason, the slow, creepy ones are the ones that get to me. This movie chills me to the fucking core. I hate it. I love it. And I hate it. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, in the first film, they 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 did use uh, weapons uh, in rudimentary ways. I mean, they, they pick up on it again in Dawn of the Dead. But in Night of the Living Dead, the very first zombie that attacks Barbara in that movie, he actually is trying to break the window out with a brick at the beginning of the film, okay. like whenever she gets then in the I car. That. So, um, hmm. okay, okay, it, it's, fine, it's kind, I'll it, accept that. It's kind of funny though that they kind of take a step. Romero takes a step back and acts like they don't know how to use tools again. And then in the in Dawn of the Dead, even though they kind of use them in, in random ways and they make mention of it, but then in the third movie, Day of the Dead, it's like they're relearning how to do things, and they can even and there's even a zombie bub that ends up using, you know, an actual pistol. So it's uh, it, it kind of like they, they lose the ability to, to use weapons, and then they get it back later on. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but. Zombie season's going to be frustrating, but there's so many of the deads that you're talking Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, the Land only one the that's dead, relevant to me is Land of the, of the Dead, dead yeah. Sean of, of the Dead, dead. <laughs> Dead of the Dead, no, I'm just kidding. Probably one of those too. There probably is somewhere we should Google that, that'd be hilarious, but yeah. Um, go I'm just going to say, of course, uh, Sean of the Dead, you can't forget that one, I mean, if you're going to... Oh, you know, I already said that, that, yep. Okay, okay. Speaking of all that... Screen Rant has announced that uh, the original Night of the Living Dead movie is also getting a new unofficial sequel <laughs> on top of this uh, animated version. Uh, so far, all that is known about the film is that it will feature the stars of the original Day of the Dead, which is confusing, uh, Lori <laughs> Cardell, Jarleth Conroy, and Terry Alexander, and that it will follow a group of survivors that have, uh, survivors that have escaped to an island to avoid the zombie outbreak. So, just to, to backtrack... This is also another, because of the copyright issue, another unofficial sequel to Night Living Dead. It stars the, the three main characters from Day of the Dead, and it's almost like it, and, and at the end of that movie, they spoiler alert, they escape to an island, and now the three main characters are on an island, and they're having to fight off zombies. So, Oh, shocker. So what, is it a sequel to... Day? Is it a sequel to Night of the Living Dead? It's kind of like, you know, they're trying to have it both ways. Hmm. I mean, honestly, does it make a difference? You can have these Day of the Deads, Dawn of the Deads, all of these of the Deads, and if there's no official copyright, which there is on other films, I get that, but if you can kind of blend or just leave it kind of to wonder if it's related to those or not, they're all zombies. There's zombies everywhere. Who cares if it's the dawn or if it's the day or if it's night? <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, and this is to confuse it even more, the, the rights to Day of the Dead also don't belong to uh, Romero's <laughs> estate. And uh, there is a the group that owns those is actually making a television series set to debut on October 15th on Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, 
So if the characters in this are the actor, you know, or even though they're the actors from Day of the Dead, they can't officially call this, uh, you know, any kind of, or can't call them the same names as Day of the Dead because they don't have the rights. Okay. <laughs> what, what, was, uh, what was Romero thinking? I, I don't know. It's like he he t- his best stuff was like the rights went to other people. I don't think he I, I, he must have like hated lawyers and and wouldn't pay them to like fight for him in court or something. But like I mean, I just feel bad for his widow. I mean, and like she's she's basically been shafted. All the stuff that he you know he had that you know I mean the man invented a genre of monster movies. In our lifetime, there was a monster that was invented by, you know, somebody that was that that was just until like a few years back, you know, living and and that's I mean and you would think that like oh my god, you know, like they came up with a new concept, they you know would be, you know, amazingly rich, but no, like Romero lost out every single time. There has to be some things he's I mean, he's got copyrights on some stuff that he, that she's do- I'm pretty sure she's doing pretty well. Well, I mean, there's the new uh Let's see. I've got it right here beside of me. the The new novel that uh, that was posthumously released uh, called "The Living Dead," uh, where he kind of continues the story. Well, he he shows how the zombie apocalypse came into being, and then he also goes and actually shows some of the characters, including the ones from Day of the Dead that I just mentioned, what happened to them after what happened in the movie. So, um, so she's got that at least that's that's coming in. I mean, that is for sure his work of fiction along with an, another writer who kind of helped, you know, finish it up. But yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's just weird that all this stuff is coming out for, for Romero's, uh, you know, like continuation of his stuff. I mean, you know, post-release, I just hope it's good because honestly, uh, there's been, there's been a couple of, uh, day of the dead sequels. that's uh, been unofficially released and they're complete and utter dog shit. So, the late Sig- Sid Haig was even in one of the Night of Living Dead uh, unofficial sequels. Uh, I think it was Night of Living Dead 3D, and that looked awful too. If Imagine House of a Thousand Corpses mixed with Night of the Living Dead, and you've almost got what the movie was. Okay. <laughs> what Do we have a rating? Like, did is, is it rated R, rated PG-13? What is the rating of this animated? The animated movie, um, let's see here, I don't know off the top of my head. Hold on, I'm looking right now. I'm at IMDb. Hopefully, they have it easily. September 21st. Yep, this is it. Rated R. Okay, rated it's R. It's rated R. Okay, I mean, I'm still gonna let my kids watch. I was just wondering. I mean, there wasn't anything that I wouldn't have let my kids seen in in the original film. I was just wondering how good is it gonna be because it what it looks when you look at the trailer it looks because it has that DC WB kind of vibe to it it looks like it's made for kids yeah but it's, apparently it's only made for my kids <laughs> <laughs> and adults well I think they're like I said I think they're holding pretty I mean at least according to the trailer it looks like they're shot for shot like redoing the movie and I'm hoping they throw a few more things in there to kind of mix it up and especially with the fact that like I said they can you know, amp up the zombie, you know, physical appearances. Because in the original movie, they basically had white pancake, you know, makeup oh, yeah. on and, and chocolate syrup dripping out of their mouth to make it look like they were had just feasted on something. And there really wasn't much else to them. It took, like, the Night of the Living Dead remake 
that was was actually done with George Romero's blessing by his you know uh, one of his uh, our artists that makeup artist uh, Tom Savini to actually take that movie and really amp up you know the the effects in, of the zombies especially one that had like autopsy scar- scars and all that so yeah and that one was actually really good I for a remake because I usually don't like them and that one was really good there's it's probably one of the better remakes it's been I mean there, there's several horror remakes that are good you're talking about the fly and you know uh, uh John Carpenter's the thing but I would rank uh you know at a distant third I would I would definitely rank Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead because even though it's the same story maybe with giving Barbara a little bit more, you know, uh, something to go on in the story. Uh, I, just the effects and everything else really helped ramp the movie up a little bit. Absolutely. So moving on to less complicated stories that don't involve all this copyright information, uh, Rob Zombie, uh, going <laughs> along with the zombie theme, is currently in production on a new Monsters movie based on the 1960s sitcom. NBC Universal Studios has tapped the director to provide modern audiences a new version of the beloved Transylvanian monsters living in American in, in American suburbs. Uh, it might seem like a strange choice given Zombie's prior movies and rock star persona, but he is a huge fan of the original property and appears on all fronts to be keeping as close to the original as possible. Now, following along on his social media, he has uh, steadily been releasing images of the production and uh, from Herman Munster's pajamas to his facial prosthetic design, to even the wig that will adorn the actor playing Grandpa Munster, uh, Zombie seems to be straying very little from the source material. He's even went so far as to build the entirety of Mockingbird Lane and has just now started construction on the infamous 1313 home that the characters lived in. Um, it hasn't been revealed who will play the, the famous characters, but it has been confirmed that his wife, Sherry Moon Zombie, will be in the film, and many have speculated Whoa. she will. Yeah, a big shocker. She's in all of them. <laughs> uh, it's speculated she will be playing Lily Munster, and uh, of note, uh, Cassandra Peterson, who everybody should know as Elvira, has also been cast for the film. Oh, Nice. Uh, I don't know what character she's going to play, but that's going to be interesting. I, I'd like to see her, you know, really... I want to be very campy in this. I'm sure it will be if it's based upon the monsters and how it originally was, but I just want to see her in this movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, If you want to follow along as the film progresses, uh, you can follow Zombie on either his uh, Twitter account, at Rob Zombie, or on Instagram, at Rob Zombie Official. Uh, Okay, fine. Doodly noted. (laughs) <laughs> he he's posting something every day, so I mean he he's really into this. I I'm, I'm literally ha- following right now as we speak. <laughs> I, he I mean with his enthusiasm, I think this might be a good one. You know, a lot of people have gave him shit and deservedly over three from hell and some and and thirty one and some of his most recent clunkers. But I think he loves this property enough that he's going to do it right. And I and I'm hoping okay. that he, he kind of strays away from his redneck, you know. Yeah. M- tendencies that he puts in movies or whatever like the, the red does that red offend neck. you reverend no i mean does it I, does it get you I, to I the th- core <laughs> no because I, th- I think where he's from texas i kind of feel like he he's got i mean he he's familiar with that sort of thing that's why he throws it in there you know they always say write what you know but at the same time it's a little played out and i don't see that working so well to have like psycho billy cadillac stuff going on inside of you know like a monsters film so i mean it's just if he if he does what he looks like he's doing and he, he pretty much tries to just you know make a modern version of this, we should be good. 
write what you know, but where in Texas do you see the people that he has created? I'm like, I fail to see. He was heavily inspired. He was heavily inspired by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And there are, you know, like I'm sure that like, you know, East Texas or something like that's probably what he's basing it off of. But And can we give the man a break? We are talking a guy who, as far as I know, who knows in his younger years, I haven't read up on his younger how drugged up he was. I know he is very against that now, particularly. This is a man who was a rock star. Okay, he he made music. He's a musical genius. And then he decided to do horror films, which I know he's heavily into the horror genre. Uh, so are you and I. That doesn't mean we're just going to make these all these great movies. There's going to be some fuck ups here and there. Even the greatest have some of those, you know? Yeah, I, I think just people give him crap because it's like he I don't know. He he skews more in the direction of just like, I mean, the, the movies tend to be I don't know. They're they're. Like, he's got some decent ones for what he does. Like, uh, obviously, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and I would even throw in Lords of Salem because I think that's his best movie that he did. But, I mean, when you throw out some of the other ones that he's done, you know, like, you know, like I said, 31, Three from Hell, uh, the Halloween remakes, there's a lot of people that hated those. I mean, just because they took, you know, Carpenter's beloved character and kind of added that, you know, zombie, you know, like I said, Psycho Billy stuff to it. It's like, mm. He's he's kind of fifty fifty right now, so he's a hard one to you know to peg you know as far as being like on the the good side that occasionally does bad, but at least he's not M Night Shyamalan where like maybe one or two movies was decent and, and like eight or nine were just terrible dog shit. So you know at least he's not on that side of things. Can we divert real quick and talk about how gorgeous Sherry Moon Zombie is? <laughs> she is a blonde bombshell not overly like she doesn't look like she's got a bunch of fake you know plastic surgery or anything she's 50 years old and she's bathing in children's blood i just know it <laughs> she has to be doing something i mean if you watch even lords of salem and i mean that one that was made a few years back now but i mean she was you know older then you know she still looked i mean great in that movie so i mean and 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 a lot of people give her crap because, yeah, she does get put in the, you know, uh, Rob's movies and and her acting sometimes doesn't really seem like she's doing a whole lot. But I felt like she did good in that movie and she she was the lead in that. So, hmm, all right. Go Sherry Moon Zombie. <laughs> uh, next up from Deadline, uh, Chaos, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina will continue, but not as a TV series. Uh, Robert Aguirre Sarcasa, or however you say his name, uh, is oh, the showrunner. Oh, I should have opened that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the showrunner and a writer of the comic book series has said that he has plans to continue Chaos as a comic. He's gone on record to say that he'd planned for a season five of the show to feature the characters from Riverdale uh, actually making uh, an appearance as rival witches and warlocks and that a war between the two towns would have taken place. Uh, he says that the comic series will start from where the TV show ended and follows Zelda and a group of friends as they travel to the underworld to rescue Sabrina. Uh, called The Occult World of Sabrina, this series is set to hit comic book stands October 13th. But of note, he's also announced that the original comic series line, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, 
on which the show was based, will also make a return alongside its spinoff sister comics. So not only is he continuing the is he doing the Sabrina the Teenage or the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina show uh, TV show as a comic, he's also going back to the original comic and one that he kind of ended abruptly to make the TV show, and he's continuing in along. So there's going to be like two parallel timelines, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, and remember, if you if you followed along with our chaos coverage, the the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina uh, original comic was set in kind of like a pseudo '60s setting, so there's kind of that difference between them too, because it's heavily okay. influenced by Rosemary's Baby and that sort of thing. Oh my God, I I'm getting a little over this Sabrina news. Although I'm not gonna lie, I'm probably going to read this, <laughs> but like. I- the- Every time they put something out, it, they're making it the news articles. They're making it seem like they're they're doing they're going to be filming like they show clips of the characters and everything. And it's like, stop it! It's not it's not a show. You're not quit yeah. breaking my heart. <laughs> yeah, they always announce it, and just like I said, you know, the way I brought it in, they always announce it like we'll continue, and then they they give you a break, and then it's like as a comic, and then you're like, stop stop doing this to me. I, you know, if you're not going to, I mean, you know, it's like they get you set up to make you think that the TV show's coming back. And then of course it isn't. I know I've sent you multiple articles and it was all the same thing. I'm like, wait a second. It (laughs) is coming back. I have proof. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. And, and the funny thing is I kept forgetting about it every time we do one of these news segments. I was like, didn't we cover this already? And it's like, no, you just said it to me already. That's what the yeah, problem was. Yeah, I'm just was. fucking with your head is what's happening because I'm being messed with. So I don't know. If I'm going down the rabbit hole, you're going with me. Yeah, you're going to gaslight me but to make up for the fact you're getting <laughs> gaslighted by the, the Pretty news much. agencies. Um, uh, on a sad note, uh, we have from Variety, uh, Thea White, who voiced Miriam on Courage the Cowardly Dog, passed away on July 30th at the age of 81. At the time of her death, uh, she was said to be looking forward to the release of Straight Out of Nowhere's Scooby-Doo Meets Courage the Cowardly Dog, (gasps) which is actually set to release September 14th from WB Home Entertainment. Oh, shit. Um, The cartoon... This... It, it's it's a really sad. I mean, it's kind of a sad thing for anybody who's followed it. I I mean, I can't speak for Urena, but I was always a fan of the Cartoon Network series show myself. Oh, um, I loved it. My kids loved it too. Uh, I just I mean, it was it was just those ones that had enough horror elements to it, and it was I mean, and it played them straight. Like I mean, it was always like even though Courage was acting like really goofy in relation to them. I mean, it was like you know they they were legit like horrific things going on in the show and I just always thought it was interesting that and I and I knew whoever was making the show obviously had horror sensibilities cuz I mean they you know they did such a good job with it. And that show got real creepy. Like it may not have gotten super scary but man there was some creepy creepy vibes to it. It well and even the setting of it because it was set out in the middle of like Nebraska, Kansas, one of the, you know, bread belt states or whatever and like, you know, the, it was this desolate farm that was out in the middle of nowhere and it was literally Eustace, uh Miriam and, and Courage and they were the only characters and then all these monsters came out of nowhere all the time attacking the house uh and Courage was pretty much the only one who ever paid them any attention, so If Courage can teach us anything is that when you need help, Google <laughs> Courage had the first type of access to Google you could ever want, you know, and was always, okay, what do I do for this? How do blah blah and that fucking machine knew everything. 
<laughs> and usually he was having to, he was saving uh, Miriam and uh, and Eustace uh, to, un- unknowns to them or whatever, like behind the scenes. That was always something that stood out about the show. Yes. <laughs> Even but, though that uh, poor dog was terrified to the core. Well, I mean, but he was doing what a dog does. I mean, looking out for his master. So there you are. I mean, he, he was a good boy. Um, yep. So I feel like I speak for us and many of the other fans when I say thank you Thea and may you rest in peace oh absolutely moving on we have some exorcist overdose uh (sighs) from Deadline uh we reported previously that Universal and Blumhouse were uh, collaborating on a sequel to the original exorcist film uh but we have since learned that they have much more planned than that um first up Ellen Burstyn uh is reprising her role as Chris McNeil and uh, will be featured in the upcoming sequel. And apparently the plot follows the struggle of a father, Leslie Odom Jr., who starred in Hamilton. Uh, It follows the struggle of him as a father of a possessed child who seeks out McNeil for help. Uh, However, the news doesn't end there. It's also been revealed that the upcoming sequel, which will ignore any previous sequels in the series, is also going to be a brand new trilogy. So what are your thoughts on that, Urena? How do you feel about this being a whole trilogy of new movies? I feel like they are beating a dead horse, honestly. There is way too much going on. I mean, yeah, it's exciting that they're bringing back Ellen. Okay, you know, that that's cool. And it's all nostalgic, but how many people do you think... I don't, there, it's yet to see how many people are actually excited about that. As a horror fan, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not sold yet. I mean, I'm going to watch it. It's it's material that we're I know we're going to go over, but yeah. I'm not. It's one of those fine, I'll do it, but I'm going to complain the whole time. <laughs> that that meme from Bob's Burgers is your favorite thing um, all the time. <laughs> I, I'm with you on this one though. Like when I first saw the news they were coming out with a, a you know a sequel that. Kind of like, I mean, they're doing the same thing they did with Halloween Kills, I mean, it, or Halloween, where they basically skipped over Halloween 2 and all the other movies and said, okay, this is a direct sequel to the first Carpenter film. They're doing the same thing with this, and when I heard that it was just a single movie, I was like, hmm, that could be interesting, because they kind of got goofy in part 2 and 3, you know. But then they announced they're doing a whole trilogy, and I just rolled my eyes. I'm like, God help us. We don't need all this. <laughs> we don't need a new trilogy of these movies. No, and I'm wondering, like, production-wise, budget-wise, you know, what they're thinking that this movie is going to pull in because numbers are not looking great right now. If you look at some of the big box office films that are out there, a lot of people are getting disappointed compared to what they're putting out and what they were expected to get in return. So, again, they're pulling this dead horse from its grave and trying to beat some more, you know, earnings out of it, and I just don't know how it's going to go. I don't have high expectations. Which Listen, might be good James, because it could be great. <laughs> if if the excellent James Gunn Suicide Squad was considered a box office kind of a dud, which it, it has been, and that kills me, there's no way in hell that this series is going to do as good as they think it is, or at least not past the first film. I mean, Yeah, just, I, I'm with you not. on that. <laughs> if that first film doesn't have something that's going to drag people like, oh my God, I need to continue in this, you know, trilogy, it's going gonna, it's gonna to die hard. <laughs> and, and maybe with a vengeance. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it won't live free. Um, no. But so far, Linda Blair has gone on record to say that she has not been contacted for this film or any of the films in the series. So that's kind of an interesting twist as well. 
Yeah, what are they going to, what's the mom going to do without her daughter? Well, I mean, there's always a chance that if Ellen Burstyn comes back and they and they might even play the Messiah, or well, let's see, not Messiah, the martyr role with her, like where she comes in and she actually gives her life to same somebody else's child or something. She plays, uh, you know, like the kind of like the you know the Father Karras did in in you know the original movie. She does something similar. Then that might leave it open for Linda Blair to be brought back in in the sequel. But I don't know. I, I don't even know if I want to see that. To be perfectly honest with you, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not optimistic at all. That's a good thing, though, that people are like, well, God, you know, you're already so negative. It hasn't even come out. And I don't choose to be that way. But look, at all I'm saying is that I have low expectations. And when you have low expectations, really, the only place you can go is up. So yeah, I might be, be pleasantly high. surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Just a quick interlude and uh, in board game news. Uh, Ravensburger has announced a new board game that horror fans should keep a lookout for. Uh, it's uh, Horrified American Monsters, the sequel to the much-beloved 2019 family game Horrified. Uh, if you didn't know, the original game had you battling the forces of the Universal Monsters in a beleaguered European village, uh, battling the likes of Frankenstein, Wolfman, uh, Mummy, you know, Dracula... Uh, but this new version is going to be set in a rural American town called Cross Creek, and you, which has been set upon by the likes of Bigfoot, Mothman, the Jersey Devil, and uh, uh, other fabled American cryptids. I'll uh, say it. I'll say it. Chupacabra. It's going to be in there, yes. And uh, the, Bad, <laughs> the Badlands Banshee that I've never heard of is going to be one of them. I've never heard of the Ozark Howler. Yeah, the Ozark, Ozark Howler. Yeah, that's going to be one of them. That's going to be interesting. Uh, but just like its predecessor, it, well, it, basically I'm going to step back. In the original game, what you had to do is you had your character, each character has like a different ability they can do. Some move more than others. Some have abilities to where they can transport instantly locations where the monsters are at or, you know, instantly the spots where the other, you know, uh, the other characters are at, the other players. Uh, but each monster took something different to defeat. Like if you were going after the Invisible Man, you had to hunt clues uh, from the board to prove that he was actually, you know, like uh, conducting or, you know, doing his crimes or whatever before the police would actually allow you to move in on him and then you could defeat him. And like Dracula, you had to like destroy so many of his coffins that he had like his... Uh, in different parts of the board or whatever, so that he couldn't run to any specific one and, and recoup or whatever. So once you did that, you could finally defeat him. Well, this new game is going to be the same way. Like they gave a, a, for example, when you go to defeat Bigfoot, nobody believes he's real. So you have to find evidence that he's, and, and, you know, like photographs, uh, you know, like track marks oh, where shit. his feet are at, that sort of thing to be able to convince people that he's real in order to get him off the board. Okay. So it's one of these games where you really have to kind of think. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it involves going around and like collecting these different like you know colored tokens or whatever, and then using them to your best advantage. But you've only got so many moves. Now you do get these cards during the game that allow you to um, that that give you like little benefits. Like you know you can keep the monsters from like activating for a night, or you know you can move your character you know so many extra spaces that you normally wouldn't have to get away from the monsters. But that's the thing. If you're on the same space as them and they get activated with their cards that they turn over, they will attack you or they or even worse, they'll attack one of the villagers or the townsfolk. And if they attack the townsfolk, you've so many times that happening and the town just gets overrun with fear and you lose the game. So you've got to save these townsfolk in addition to trying to defeat the monsters at the same time. Okay, so I have a question. Are you playing as one of the cryptids or 
Are you playing as a human trying to save town? Uh, in this, in this new ver- well, in the old version, you were playing as uh, characters like the mayor, and you know, like um, I'm trying to think of the different roles, uh, like a detective and some other stuff. In this new game, you're playing the the typical American roles you'd find in all the '50s and '60s films, like the jock. Uh, the the town nerd, you know, like different roles like that or whatever, and they each have like their own abilities. Hmm, okay. How complicated would you oh, say this game is? It's it's so easy. I mean, it, oh, it's, it's easy. It's, okay, it's, so it's, my kids could play. Yeah, anybody. I mean, it's it's. I, I don't remember what the rating is, but like, it's really it's a family game. Like, it is set for like just any family to pick up and play. Mm, we need to do this for spooky season. <laughs> um, I I. I highly recommend the first game in the series with the Universal Monsters, and I'm really looking forward to this one. And unlike the Universal Monsters one, which they pretty much had all the Universal Monsters one in the first box, maybe minus like the the, uh, Phantom of the Opera, this game has a ton of expansion potential just because, I mean, there's cryptids in every state. So, I mean, they, they could come up with a lot of different expansions of this thing and really build it out. Oh, absolutely. The original is only twenty one dollars on Amazon, twenty two roughly. If you wait, it's yeah, and it's and and it's it's also a Target game, and if you wait till certain times of the year, Target does like this thing where you can buy like three games and get one for free or something like that. So there there's definitely deals to be had on it throughout you know different parts of you know like if you just wait and see. But uh, this game, like the original, is set to deliver to Target, and it's expected in October. Well, hot damn. <laughs> And finally, our last new segment from the WB, Malignant, is set to release September 1st. And there is a trailer for the film that you can view on YouTube uh, from James Wan, the director of Saw, Insidious, and The Conjuring. uh, This film seems to follow the character of Madison, uh, played by Annabelle Wallace, who was also in the Annabelle movies, which is kind of funny. Uh, as she she gets visions of horrible murders that are seemingly linked to a mysterious figure named Gabriel that was once Madison's imaginary friend. And in one scene in the trailer, she says, when they ask her who Gabriel is, she says he's the devil. So, you know, cue spooky music. What do you think about this trailer, Urena? Visually, it looks good. Visually, it makes this movie look good. My fear is I'm hoping they didn't take the best parts of the film and throw it into the trailer. I've had that happen before. I, I'm I'm 50-50 on this. I'm sitting on the fence on this, and I have to watch the movie to know which way I'm going to go. So I have low expectations. Like I said, visually, this movie looks freaking amazing. Didn't seem too scary. It kind of, I can't tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of others. I don't know. There's got to be other similar films where there's just this creepy thing chasing people you know she's dreaming about it almost like evil a little bit the show yeah um, it would almost be like a movie version of evil well i'm kind of torn on it myself because like i can see the potential i'm with you that there's extremely interesting visuals in the trailer i'm really hoping that what they show in the in the trailer is is like not even really how the movie's gonna play out in a sense that what i'm saying is they make the movie seem like it's going to be one of those scare a minute like we're gonna throw something you know like you know jump scares at you mm-hmm. and if james Wan, like whenever he does like his best scary movies like you know insidious in particular and the conjuring he had a lot of stuff that was going on in the background, a lot of like slow burn scares that, in addition to the jump scares, that made the movie better. So I'm hoping that there's some of that in the film. But I did notice something like later on in the trailer, 
when Madison's laying on her side and you see the dark figure that's Gabriel like forming up behind her, it almost mm-hmm. plays out like a scene of uh, sleep paralysis because she's oh, laying yes. there, she's wide awake and she's, but like this, you know, shadow person is like forming beside of her. So there's that kind of interesting concept that may play in the movie. I don't know, but I'll tell you, it gave me vibes of uh, that movie Sinister, which I'm not really a fan of, but that Sinister film that had uh, Ethan Hawke in it. I don't know if you ever saw that where Bagul is like I've this. Seen Sinister. Yeah, there's like a creature named Bagul that goes around like uh, collecting the souls of children or something, and 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 there's just something about the way they've designed the just the shadow form of Gabriel that looks like that. Yeah, and I can tell you, you you've heard about my weird dreams that I have. I dream very visually, um, and at the beginning when it when it when it appears that she's dreaming and everything's kind of changing around her, that shit is legit. When you when you dream like that, it's real i could i could make movies i'm not good enough <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah some it, of my dreams would make really good horror films it, it does have that kind of dream quality too where it's just like one thing fades in the other so i mean it, it i don't know i'm i'm looking forward to it but at the same time I, i'm i'm being hesitant myself because it, it could go either way because the thing the another thing that sets me off that i don't really like in the in the previews is there's like a scene or two they show some kind of i don't know if it's supposed to be gabriel or something else that's kind of doing those herky jerky motions kind of like the girl from the ring oh and, yeah uh, that, that crap doesn't do anything for me it's I feel old like it's, now yeah it's played out I, it just it's not really um so i i'm i'm hoping that's not the the bulk of the movie i'm hoping that there's other scares and kind of and that stuff's kind of thrown in there too I'm really hoping that that's not all the scares. Again, like I said, sometimes <laughs> people get a little rambunctious and they just throw everything in the trailer. And you're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then when you see it on the screen, you're like, I fucking saw that on the trailer. I paid how much to see this when I saw it for free already? Um, I- I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. One thing that really bothers me, I do not like the name of this film. <laughs> Malignant. Malignant. I, it's like, what is it? Like a, um, a synonym of malevolent? And I know there's other horror movies called Malevolent out there. I, th- I believe there's a B film called Malevolent. So they probably couldn't use that. But, like, I don't know. When you think malignant, you're thinking of a tumor. Yeah, well, that's and there's some, there's some people that's that's got some theories about that, too, because they say that it, they're wondering if this is like another play on the dark half concept of where maybe the malignancy is that she had like a twin that was absorbed in utero, kind of like, you know, Thad Beaumont did in, in that movie. And like, that's you know, the evil creatures, you know, like part of her, you know, that's where the malignant, you know, part of it comes in. I don't yeah. know. I mean, uh, I did, there was a few commenters on the YouTube uh, post or the trailer that, that, you know, brought some good points, like the actual font work for mal- the title malignant almost looks like the blocky Stephen King, uh, you know, style that, you know, like Stranger Things is used. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And you know what? If that's the case, I'll be a little bit more excited for it. If that's how it turns out to be, I'll be like, okay, it was worth my my slight bit of frustration I had about it. Because I was thinking about that too. I'm like, okay, what if if this thing's attached to her as a tumor technically is, that would make sense. And well, and it, and they reveal in that that she's an adopted child, and that that something happened to her before she was adopted that that brought Gabriel with her. So maybe maybe the malignant thing just plays, uh, you know, talking about what you say, attached. Maybe it's like some kind of uh, evil creature that's like uh, that's you know just decided to follow her around. You know, you hear about that stuff all the time. You know, going back to like the Exorcist and and some of those movies. You know, like a demon attaching itself to somebody. Maybe that's what's happened to her. She's had this evil. Yeah. 
entity to just and that's you know it's kind of like a tumor it's attached to her and it, it's like growing in power now for whatever reason i don't know now i'm getting a little more excited <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more optimistic now my well, outlook has changed some people have also compared the trailer a little bit to Lights Out, and I can kind of see that. I mean, that film was okay. I did it was it was better than I expected it to be, but at the same time, it was one of those ones. Getting back to what you said, where most of the scares were telegraphed in the trailer. Whenever you watch it, yes. you're like, okay, you know. And let's be honest with ourselves: nothing is ever going to compare to the short film of Lights Out. Oh, that 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 thing's amazing! Yeah, it, that is the scariest. Like what? Five minutes of your life. Yeah, it's it's really good, and I know why they made a full length movie out of it. I mean, it's it's a good concept. And that was that was okay. So that was, if I recall correctly, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Lights Out real quick. The 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 short film that was just somebody like submitting something to kind of kind of get their content out there. I, well, Do if you I recall? remember, I remember like I think we talked about or. I don't know, maybe we didn't talk about this. There was some company that did this shady thing where they were offering, uh, if, if you allowed them to use your uh, short films to make a movie, they would give you like some kind of credit. They didn't say they were going to, and it might have been WB, I don't remember, but they did. They weren't going to give you like the, necessarily the rights to like, you know, make a profit off of it. They were just going to give you like basically screenwriting, I don't know, like credentials or something. That way, you know, it gave you a leg up in the industry. And I'm pretty sure that the Lights Out movie is the one that they did that with yes but i wonder if that person like did they get any kind of notoriety did they get anything from it i i honestly don't know i, I think they i think they got shafted to be honest with you i think wb oh that's fucking dirty somebody okay but seriously even if okay they entered some kind of contest or whatever and and okay what happened happened somebody has to look at that and be like that person is a fucking genius Get that person. I, I do Give this person it, a job. I do think it got their name out there. So, I mean, it did help. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, because some, you know, you can sit there and just languish in obscurity for years on like YouTube and some of these other things. And that did give them like a lot of notoriety. I mean, you know, if nothing else, people went back and it's like, we want to see what this is based off of. And if you go back and watch that original, you know, short film, I mean, it's no contest. It'd be like, yes, hire this person on the spot. Okay, here here it is. David F. Sandberg. Okay, that's the that's the person who created it. So obviously known for Lights Out, also Annabelle Creation, and Shazam. Okay, there you go. They did allow so him to he... go on and and do Annabelle Creation. So they they did okay. him. My cold black dark heart is happy. <laughs> um, do you have any news to add to all this? Or I mean, that that's what I had for this episode. No, um, I, I I let you pick all the news, and I actually did some homework this time and read the news so that I wouldn't be so surprised, but I don't like that. I like when I don't research the news and you kind of bring it on me because, I don't know, it's like, what? But now it's like, yeah, that's fucking stupid. I hate that. <laughs> well, next time I'll... Uh... Or do you want me to share the news with you next time? No, no, share to... it because I, I kind of just read the synopsis, so I have an idea what we're talking about, okay. but I'm not going to read them next time. I want to be fully surprised, and that way my my reactions, they feel more genuine, and I have to kind of react on whim versus now I've had time to think about it and soak in it, and I'm like, ugh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always read when you post stuff, you know, when you tell me the news that we're going to discuss, I always kind of look at it and glimpse at it and say, oh, hey, that's cool. You know, 
No matter how awesome, unless it's a trailer, no matter how awesome the news article looks, I usually don't click it and I wait until we talk about it. Yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons both, but yeah, I can see that, you know, just being surprised by it. So uh, that, that's fine. Yep. That's what it works for me. <laughs> um, well, everyone, that's it for the news. Please stay tuned for the weather. By this anchor's understanding, you should not go around tonight. It's bound to take your life. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a bad moon on the rise. Good night. I'm going to slap you. If you enjoyed this episode of Death Holler News, please look out for our next episode where we review needful things. Death Holler is brought to you by Los Diablos Blancos Network with your host, the Reverend Dr. Death and La Yarena. Please like, subscribe, follow, and share. We'll catch you next time. And don't forget to bring your death certificate.